Eat, drink, smoke. Tony Katz, it's good to be with you. We eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, smoke the fine cigars, and we talk a little bit in between. Joined by April D. Gregory, joined by Fingers Malloy here at Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana, where we often do the show. They're celebrating their sixth birthday, so good on them and a happy birthday uh, to them. Presented by Fanimation is the podcast, Fanimation.com. Usually we start with the drink, and we've got a really... Again, finished in Cabernet barrels, which is a style for bourbon I'm starting to enjoy a lot. It adds a little bit of sweet, and I'll get into why we're doing that with the cigar in a moment. But the people at Chick-fil-A are now doing mac and cheese. And mac and cheese from Chick-fil-A is supposed to be the greatest thing that ever happened to Chick-fil-A. We've talked about Chick-fil-A before. We've talked about how the... The people are with with uh, their love of it. They they can't get enough of it. They're they're obsessed with with Chick Fil A on every level. I have never once had Chick Fil A and said to myself, "You know what I could use? Mac and cheese." I've had Chick Fil A chicken strips is usually what I have. That's my thing. And if I'm going to eat Chick Fil A, and I'm like, you know what I want after this? More chicken strips. That's always. Would, would you call that your jam? I, I would not. Thank you though. That's what the kids say. Yeah. That's my jam. But everyone's been talking about the mac and cheese. So we went out, went to Chick-fil-A, and got the mac and cheese. You know, we could have done something Epicurean. No, we're doing mac and cheese from Chick-fil-A. Have you had this before yet, April D. Gregory? No, it just got it just came back out this week. And I'm sure you but you're like a Chick-fil-A kind I've of person. Heard, yeah, I, well, I have a three year old, four year old, so we, we eat there a lot. Right. So fingers are already in. Fingers and are already in. So I hear it's into, are good. you in? They're both into the Chick-fil-A mac and cheese. It's a, it's an elbow macaroni. Um, it's a I mean, this has been maybe sitting a little bit, so it's a little congealed. Um, but it, there's a lot of cheese in there. Mm. There's a lot of cheese in there. This Hold is on. some southern down cooking macaroni cheese. Oh, Taste, yeah, it is. It tastes like the, feet. Mm. What? It's got like the crispy bits of cheese. This is not like... This, this is, is very... This is homemade. This is not uh, out of a jar frozen. So there's a couple of different ways to do mac and cheese and there's a fight in my home because one of my kids my oldest likes it soupy so the mac and cheese gets made and then you know there's butter and then there's milk and they like a lot of milk mm. they like a lot of milk in there and my other my, my, my younger one is like eh, that's not for me I want it I want it thicker and of course thicker is better and I, my oldest is, is wrong and I, I don't have the heart to say like hey listen you're a great kid but you don't know anything about mac and cheese and I'm ashamed of you I can't do that um I got to tell you, this is not the flavor I want for my mac and cheese. Really? Not at all. It tastes like feet. First of all, like feet. Freaking serious? I don't know what kind of fetishes you're into, man, but I'm not here to judge. This is legit mac and cheese. Mm. This is is southern cooking mac and cheese. Um, I'm eating it because I'm If you got a mama who makes fried chicken and grits and greens, this is the mac and cheese she's making. It is. It is. there's, There's definitely real cheese in there. There's definitely butter in there. It is thick. It has a... A fair amount of creaminess to it. It has a little bit of that, almost. It's a consistency. It's a. It's almost like a like oh, look, a. You got some good chunks on yours. Well, good. that's not the first time I've been told that. Good. Oh, I'm taking this big old. What cheese. the face? Look at this. Look at, this che- look at all this cheese. Look at you this just, big. Bit. Just reached into my wow. mac and cheese. Wow. Like somehow we know each other biblically, and she's. Oh my just, gosh. She's. I, you took the only part that was worth eating, by the way. I Thanks. This big, huge. Hunk of cheese. It's got sometimes mac and cheese almost has a granular thing going on in the cheese itself. It's like it's melted, but it's not fully melted. It's something going on there. I'm telling you, it needs more flavors. 
maybe just a little pepper or something. But maybe it is a southern thing, and I don't get it. And it, it, uh, I'm willing to put forth that mac and cheese is very much like barbecue. That it has. Um, That's a good analogy because this it, is it, a mac and cheese you would get if you were in Texas eating barbecue. But I'm saying that people are very uh, peculiar about it and, and particular about it. Mm-hmm. That they've got a way that it's supposed to be done. And uh, that's not my way. Look, I'm not a Chick-fil-A hater. I enjoy their chicken sandwiches. As much I'm, as the next guy. Yeah, I come around on the wa- waffle fries. I'm not a big waffle fry fan, but their waffle fries okay, are I'm good. Okay, I'm sorry, but this if you like Kraft? No! What were you expecting? Kraft mac and cheese out of a yeah, box? Yes, that's what I was expecting. Oh my gosh. Where do you even eat mac and cheese then? I'm saying that this is... You guys are wrong. This is not something I should be wowed about. This is just mac and cheese. I can get this anywhere. Okay, they can't make everything with crack like their chicken. <laughs> There's laws against that. So there was also a study out, a study, a poll, whatever you want to call the thing. Chick-fil-A has overtaken Starbucks when it comes to uh, affinity, emotional response, emotional attachment to a place. So the top five is Chick-fil-A. Then it's Dunkin' Donuts, which they now just call Dunkin'. Then it's Starbucks. Then it's McDonald's. Then it's Taco Bell. Now, Taco Bell. We'll get there. Don't you rush my flow. Taco Bell. Dunkin' Donuts, I told Hold the on a fra- second. The exact phrase was brand intimacy. Is that it? Yes. Dunkin' Donuts, I get it. Dunkin' Donuts is uh, a, a very intimate experience. It's with the coffee. It's not with the donuts. The donuts are Drek. And Drek is Yiddish for Drek. Uh, the coffee is... Can- no matter when I get to, to New York, I, I will search out a Dunkin' Donuts I, every single time, twice on Sunday. And there are some other good coffee places. Um... The, uh, the idea of Starbucks, all right, people want to be in a Starbucks. They're kind of used to it. Chick-fil-A, I totally understand. People have absolute emotional attachment to Chick-fil-A. It's, it's, it, the whole experience is everything that you want and want to be a part of. I absolutely get that. McDonald's and Taco Bell, some, you show me the person who has any emotional attachment at all to either one. No, I... It, how do you have an emotional attachment to garbage food that you pick up at 2 o'clock in the morning when you're leaving the bar? It says the person who eats gas station stuff all the time? Yeah, but I'm not emotionally attached to it. This is just are convenience. You? you are emotionally crippled enough to eat have it day in and day out. Have you been to a therapist about this? So can we, we've talked about your Mrs. Freshly love. Do you know what Mrs. Freshly is? If you were to buy a snack out of a vending machine, and let's say it was a cinnamon roll, which you know is the finest cinnamon roll to be baked, Chances are that cinnamon roll is in a bit of plastic from Mrs. Freshly. And you love Mrs. Freshly. It's fine. Yeah, but it's it's not... I don't have an emotional attachment to it like some people have with Chick-fil-A or Starbucks. I get the Starbucks thing because it's... For the people that like to... Uh, go somewhere with their computer and pretend they're working and look important. Write their screenplay. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I get that. I just don't have... Am I am I um, unusual that I don't have like these emotional attachments to restaurants that apparently some people do? I mean the Chick Fil A thing I don't get at all. I mean I I like their food, but my gosh, you you talk to some people and it, it seems to be based on politics that it's they just gravitate. Oh, there's to definitely chi- some of oh, that. Oh, for sure, counterculture. Oh, oh, yes. I, oh, I love Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. I'll bathe in Chick Fil A every day. It's like it's not. It's it's fine, but it's not that good. I would argue that uh, that the chicken strips because I don't eat the bread because I'm a moron. But yet I'll have the chicken strips because I make sense. Oh. <laughs> the, 
the, the, the chicken strips are great. I'm like, that's great. That's that is absolutely what I want. I I would never eat a chicken nugget again. I would never eat a McDonald's chicken nugget again. But do you eat Chick Fil A chicken nugs? What? Do you eat Chick Fil A nugs? No, I, I the the grilled ones sometimes, but no. I'll do a chicken strip from Chick Fil A. I'll do a chicken strip from Hardee's, or which is known as Carl's Jr. on the West Coast. But that is my guilty pleasure food. A burger at Hardee's, Carl's Jr. is better than anything In and Out burgers ever made, or Shake Shack, or Five Guys. End of list. I had uh, two Damn weeks God. ago Weird. a Burger King taco for the you first what? time. Why? A Burger King taco. Show me on the doll where they hurt you. <laughs> it was just as awful as you would expect it to be. Was it? Oh, it was flat. They put some sort of mystery sauce on it. Uh, it was just gross. It, if you're going to go for a fast food taco, look, first of all, if you're going for a fast food taco, you know you're not getting Mexican food, right? Isn't that part of the agreement when you're going in? When some people rail against Taco Bell because, uh, you know, studies show that it's the um, or polls indicate that it's the most popular Mexican restaurant in the United States. I, I can understand that feeling if you meet people who behave in a way or act like Taco Bell is Mexican food. Taco Bell's fast food that has uh, ins- is Mexican food inspired, I guess you would say, but you wouldn't call Taco Bell Mexican food, would you? April D. Gregory is licking the fork off of her mac and cheese. Um, it's good, and, and I'm the one eyeing, that gets to make the final decision when it comes to She's now eyeing my mac and cheese. Absolutely. As for Taco Bell, no, it's not actual food. My point is, is that it has a purpose, but how is anybody brand loyal to it? You mean if you, if if a Taco Bell is hey, next to a Hey, if you're Kodoba, someone that's going at three a.m., they're see, open. See, that's just so yeah. so they're, they're they're not brand loyal. They're timing loyal. No, right? If they have any other option, they'll choose any other place. I don't but know. when there's no other option, they're the. How go. are they different than White Castle? I mean, to me, that's what White Castle is. It's okay. You're leaving the bar at three. I'll, g- I'll give in you the, the difference. White the Castle difference? and Taco Bell are the same thing. The difference is every now and then I could be like, you know, I could really go for some White Castle. Like, there's the difference between White Castle and Taco Bell. But you need to go there once a year to remind yourself why you don't go there. Uh, Yeah, well, that's with all things, right? All these kinds of places, after you've been there, you get the reminder of, my gosh, this never should have happened. I should have treated myself better. I should have learned to love me more. Why can't I love me more? Are we done with the mac and cheese? Uh, Your mac and cheese? Almost. Oh, my God. You really are. You really it's good. Are you going to finish fingers, uh, mac and cheese? I am not. I ate mine, and I'm ashamed that I ate it Did all. Did you eat it all? I'm, I'm s- oh, you s- just railed against that, yeah, and now I'm you s- ate the whole thing. I'm starving. Get, there's yeah. all this meat right here. We've got. We Bread. always have a. We always have a bit of a charcuterie on the table because you never know. You never know. Let's move into bourbon. This is better than anything where's, you can get at a gas station. I can promise you that. The man is a gas station connoisseur. Uh, went a little sweet today on both. The bourbon and the cigar. Trying to work a bit of a pairing uh, to happen there. We'll get to the cigar in a second. This is Bardstown. Uh, now, Bardstown, uh, Bardstown Bourbon Company makes a series of, of things. This, the Bardstown Bourbon Pfeiffer Pabot Reserve Bourbon. So it is a nine-year-old, 110-proof George Dickel bourbon. And people hear that and they're like, what? What what a name. It's like when we did the old granddad review and people were like, really? The old granddad 114? Old granddad? I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Get it. Get it. I, by the way, I've been to two places. They didn't have it. I want to buy it for, for the house. I've been to two places. Haven't had it. So this has been finished. This is a nine-year-old bourbon. 
that was finished for 19 months in a Pfeiffer Pavet Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon barrel. Barrel, sorry. So Pfeiffer, uh, P-H-I-F-E-R. That's how it, it is spelled. This um, finished cask is a proof of 107. So it's got a little bit of kick to it on, on, on the alcohol side. 84% corn, 8% rye, and 8% on the barley. Now, to be a bourbon, it has to be at least 50% uh, corn, 51% corn, sorry, uh, and finished in an uh, American uh, oak barrel. That's what it has to be. This is not an inexpensive bottle, by the way. Reta- uh, the suggested retail price of this bottle, $125. Wow. How you doing? Ooh. How's everything going? Oh, hey. Uh, it's, it, it is a beautiful uh, I need dark, to clear my dark cheesy copper palette. right here. Yes, you should choose you clear your cheesy palette uh, right here. It's got a nose of caramel. Honey and milk chocolate. The chocolate's going to come back uh, as a part. It's foreshadowing is what you got right there. Hold on. Oh, I like my chocolate to come back. And then um, on the palate, it's supposed to be dark chocolate, cooked cherries with a bit of, uh, of sweet corn. That's where you're supposed to be. Now, honey. Honey on the, on the nose is, is, is right. The nose is sweet. I will go for that. There's a touch of the of, of an alcohol alcohol hit. hit, yeah, right. But it's not medicinal. No, we have we've been through that. That's not it. Oh yeah, it is sweet. Mm. All right, you ready? Are you in? Let's or do, do it. We, now we do it neat, and then if we feel like it, we move it to a cube or we add some water. Here we go. All right, there goes April D. Gregory. She's going to do the Kentucky Chew. All right, she's taking the oh. Mem- Memphis Munch. Did, didn't shake, didn't shudder, didn't rattle April Day. Did not. All right, okay, it's me. a little strong on the end. A little strong on the end. Ooh, a little intense there. On the taste buds, not the throat. Okay, that is a full mouth sting. Yes. It's ex- that is very tasty. Oh, but it is stinging. Yeah, at the end it stings. So I'm, I'm get me into sip three. Ooh. Hey, how are you? Oh my gosh! I saw Full Mouth Sting open for Smash Mouth in 2004. <laughs> Good it was for a fantastic you. show. Good for you. Actually, Full Mouth Sting is the new superhero from Marvel. <laughs> Movies out in 2023. Wait for the Easter eggs. The Cabernet. You know, sometimes we've had things done in Cabernet bottles, like the Dovetail, um, that uh, has it gives it a nice effect. This is more Cabernet than than Bourbony, in 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 my view. You're right. Cabernet does not right sting my mouth. I didn't say it wasn't going to sting your mouth. I'm saying that in the in the flavor profile. It tastes like mac and cheese. <laughs> you think this tastes like feed? Yes. I like I like it when it th- this definitely hits you on the tongue, but it does not burn going down. It does not burn going down. No, it's, not at all. Uh, it's yeah. There's literally nothing nothing happening. It's in the not throat. in your esophagus. It's in your taste buds. It really is. In your palate, top of your palate. Yeah, that's a you know what they talk about raisins uh, in some reviews. I don't. I just put that to sweet. I don't know how I would define raisin at all. But um, I can tell you this much: one hundred and twenty-five dollars a bottle. I I wouldn't nope. spend this no? that kind of money on this. No, it's fine. But we we've, we've, we're going to see how it goes. Had some uh, better options at oh, a quarter less? of the price. Sure. Absolutely, we have. Let me bring it over to Berlin, which is never a good sign. The band? <laughs> Wait, no. No. The, my the place. Oh, nice. The place. There is a nine-year-old girl 
And whenever you start a story with a nine-year-old girl, it cannot end up well. Um, she wants to join the State and Cathedral Choir in Germany. It was founded in 1465. It's 550 plus years old. And it has never once admitted a girl. It is a boy's choir. And this nine-year-old girl is suing because she auditioned with the choir and was rejected. And she's saying that um, I shouldn't be rejected because of my gender. The choir says it wasn't predominantly about her gender. She's just an awful singer. Right. If she had displayed extraordinary talent and motivation, and if her voice had matched the desired sound characteristics of a boy's choir, (laughs) is how they answered this. I mean, at nine, it might. They're going through puberty and whatnot. At nine? Doesn't it say, doesn't it say nine? She's nine. I mean, but the boys are the same age. Their voices might sound a little girly, too. Yes, but clearly it doesn't sound with the boys. That's not even the story. Who cares? If it's a boys' choir, it's a boys' choir. Sorry, you're not welcome. Start your own choir. You don't get to be in the club sometimes. That's all there is to it. I want to play in the NBA, and I want a $9.2 million a year contract, which makes me a bargain, by the way. I don't, I'm not six foot tall. I have no jump shot whatsoever. Why should that matter? I want in. It's a dumb world. And the problem is no one told this little girl, sorry, no. No, probably her parents are the ones behind this. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, well, it says very clearly in the article, her mother is the one who um, is bringing out this Im- impermissible ways of this discriminatory choir or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Wait, say that again? So her, the mother brought the complaint on her behalf and argues the choir's rejection is discriminatory, discriminatory, and impermissible and violates her right to equal opportunity. Yeah, so, it's a screwer. I mean, this is probably just I mean, I don't want to yell at a nine-year-old, though, but I'm, I'm really talking about the mom. Your kid's not welcome to join the boys' choir. There can be a boys' choir. Too bad. Why can't we just say too bad? She's a pactivist. She's a what? A pactivist. A parent activist who uses her kid as a pawn to pu- to push a political agenda. This is what this is all about. I'm yeah, sorry. This, Do you think the daughter that. doesn't care? I I think that the daughter probably does care, and I that's what makes it even more disgusting to me. Kids never care as much as their parents do. Um, I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but I think it is true that no nine-year-old is suing. The parent decided this is an outrage. And the parent decided it was an outrage because society has allowed parents to think that it's an outrage. It's not an outrage. There could be a boys' choir and there could be a girls' choir. And there could be Boy Scouts with just boys. There could be Girl Scouts with just girls. And then there could be the straight Boy Scouts and the gay Boy Scouts and all the rest. And it's okay. This whole idea that that's something like separate but equal is, is nonsense. This group is doing this thing. And this group is doing this thing. And everybody is coexisting. And it's fine. You don't have to mix and match. If I go to my synagogue, do we also have to throw in a prayer for Jesus? Because somebody who isn't Jewish wants to belong to the synagogue? And it's like, well, why don't we? It's, it's the question. It's the same mathematics. And the answer is, it's because we're not a church. We're not a church. Go find a church. You'll be very happy. But that's where we are in 2019. Everything is racist. Everything is sexist. I believe that... 
we would all have the same opinion if this were a nine-year-old boy trying to get into an all-girls choir. We would feel the same way. No. Correct. You don't, you're not joining the all-girls choir. Yeah, no, you're not no, joining the all-girls choir. but the girls' moms would be ticked off. The boy was trying to join, but it's okay for a, 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 a girl. She should be joining the boys' choir. When we take a look... Who's the other way around? People be ticked off. If a boy was trying to join the girls' choir? You think they'd be more upset by it, you mean? Yeah. Because this way, the little girl's fighting for equality, and that way, the boy is doing damage to the girls. Yes. So we still have a bigoted society. Yeah. But what happens when men, 17, 18, 19-year-old men, decide that they're women... And then they join the, the track team here or the other sport thing here. And they win and they dominate. And we're hearing more and more girls and women being upset about this. And rightfully so, because they're getting screwed with. You, there is a guy in, in college. He ran with, with the men and he would place eighth or ninth. He decided he was a woman and now he's winning national championships. And I said he's winning national championships. And I'm, I can't worry if you're going to be angry with me. You go live your life. I'm not telling him he can't feel like he is a sheik. Rename yourself. Do whatever it is you want to do. You can't then go compete. You can't then ex- demand other people accept you. In this case, it's not about, you know, it, oh, girls sing better than boys or boys sing better than girls. It's that these boys have their own choir and it's fine. It's about being okay. The idea that there's a boys' choir is is what's fundamentally objectionable here. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that if there's a girls' choir, that wouldn't be objected to. That's okay because it's just a safe space for them. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, you know, women's rights and crap like that. Get away from us, you filthy men. Why, toxic why, not, why not take this energy and instead of hiring a lawyer lawyering up and trying to get your daughter into an all-boys choir, why not say, you know what? This really bums me out that my daughter can't get into this choir. Um, I'm going to focus my energy on starting the best girls' choir in all of Berlin. Is there not a girls' choir or a children's choir? This is Indianapolis. We've got a children's choir. Surely Berlin has a children's choir of multiple sexes. Why can't they? Probably because she's not good enough. So they had to find a way to make a big deal out of this. That's possible. Because the whole thing is subjective. Whether or not your kid is good enough is subjective based on the artistic director, uh, you know, who's who's running that choir. So maybe that's it. Knew, knew uh, the kid wasn't good enough for the girls' choir. Mm-hmm. Decides to go out for the boys' choir. Of course, doesn't get in and then gets to see the boys' choir. And then in, in the process gets to show them how woke they are. See, right. being woke, Fingers, you don't understand. Wokeity woke, woke, woke. You don't understand the power of woke. There is there is no way this this nine year old girl is suing anybody, and I only hope we don't that even know if she likes singing. We're just assuming so because her mother tells us so. Oh, you think? Oh, so this is now that you have it all set up. Mm-hmm. So the mother is living out some kind of fantasy yes. through the child, yes. and you will sing and you'll be great. It's the Todd Maravich of girl singers. Is it Maravich or Marinovich? Which one? The guy whose father built him to be a quarterback and he made it to the NFL and then just totally fell. Marovich, right? Is is it Marovich or Marinovich? Either way, you know what I'm talking about. Like, people do that. Live vicariously through their kids. Do you do that, April? A lot of people do that. Do you live vicariously through your daughter? No, I just, I accept the fact that she's smarter, more brilliant than I am and go on with it. Right. I I was a softball player. It was a really good one, but I don't care if she plays softball. 
I only I, I, I want my kids to be taller. I want them to be slimmer. And I want them to make more money. That's all. Yeah. I, that's it. That's fine. That's what that's we it. just want the best for our kids. And, oh, right? oh, I don't care if they're happy. I just want them those three things. You don't have to do what I do. Because if you do those three things, I assume you'll be happy. No? Is that not how you, how you raise your kids' fingers? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> on the story of, or on the topic of, uh, the people who are trying to uh, get wokey, woke, woke, woke. That's YouTube, fun to say, by the way. It is. It really is. YouTube has been, and Google has been taking it on the chin, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, what came out about this Google whistleblower, these websites on what are known as a blacklist, where Google does not put their uh, articles and their submissions uh, rankings up so you, they don't come up in searches. Uh, websites uh, that, that you know uh, and, and, and you've heard of before, they purposefully do this. And it wasn't just conservative sites, it was just mostly conservative sites. But there was this, this guy at Google who came out and told uh, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas this, came out with all of it, how they do it, how they're manipulating the algorithms, the whole thing, every last bit of it. So Google is just getting punched in the face, and rightfully so. They deserve every single bit of it. There's now a group of LGBT creators who have sued YouTube, suing the parent company, because the video platform was restricting their abilities to make money with videos based on their sexual orientation. Google put themselves in this position. I'm enjoying every single second of watching these people suffer. Even though I don't know if they're suffering, they've got a bajillion dollars and they don't seem to care. Right, but I think it's good for people to realize that this is all-encompassing. Like, They're not just uh, restricting conservatives on YouTube. They are clearly discriminating against the LGBT community. And you know, people on the left are very okay with discrimination against conservatives but they're not going to be okay when it's hitting them oh correct correct and it's this so this is the the unintended consequence when you tell the the platform that they're a publisher and they're responsible for their content and you force that upon them as as the the mob has they're gonna do things in all sorts of ways mm -hmm. they're gonna do things in ways that make it impossible for people to share content and be expressive and do the things we want platforms to do it's why uh, senator josh hawley in missouri is flat out wrong Republican from Missouri. He's wrong because he wants to take away the ability for these websites, these platforms, to have protection from the being publishers. So when, when, when the web was first growing and building, they, I forget the name of the, of the title, uh, they, they, they said, they gave a carve out that, listen, you're a platform, not a publisher, so you're not responsible for what the individual person publishes. Well, if they're going to get discriminatory and keep conservatives off here and conservatives off there, maybe they are responsible for what it is they're publishing because they're not allowing all people who aren't put bringing harm to others right to publish to, to 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 put things on their platform so maybe instead of being a platform they're they're a publisher so the unintended consequence is they start doing this kind of doxing not doxing uh uh what what do we I can't remember the dang word. Like they're, they're, they they decide you're unacceptable. And you're unacceptable. Yes. Well, and you're censoring unacceptable. and whatnot. But I couldn't remember they the word are censoring. a, a platform who is also trying to make money. So if they're not gonna, if it's in their vested interest to promote stuff they know will get more views, more hits, blah blah blah. Maybe some of this other stuff won't. They can manipulate what gets up higher and what's going to make them more money also. So they're also trying to make money, and if that means they've got to censor one place person because they know someone else can You're do okay better, with that? 
No, I'm not okay with that. Okay. I'm not saying that. But so at the you same think time, that's their, their I think that's part of what's going on here. They know what can make more money. Here's what they say in, in, the, right? in, the, in the lawsuit. Defendants control, meaning uh, YouTube's control, and regulation of speech on YouTube has resulted in a chaotic cesspool where popular, compliant, top quality, and protected LGBTQ plus content is restricted, stigmatized, and demonetized as, quote, shocking, inappropriate, offensive, and sexually explicit, while homophobic and racist hate mongers run wild and are free to post vile and obscene content on the pages and channels of the LGBTQ plaintiffs and other LGBTQ plus content creators. The, the, the racists are running wild. I'm, I'm skeptical of the language uh, in, in that statement, but uh, I will say this. If this is true, that, it, that YouTube is discriminating against the LGBTQ community and their content, then shame on YouTube, and everybody should condemn them for that. Uh, but going back to your previous point, uh, are they a platform or are they a content provider? When you start editing content that people are putting on your platform, then you're a content provider in my mind. Now, it's one thing if you are editing stuff out that breaks the law. If, it, if, if you're seeing, Censoring stuff up that breaks the law. Yeah, yeah. If, if you're doing that, if you're censoring, that's one thing. But if you're just censoring political content that you don't like, that's a problem. And YouTube should be called out for that. More than that, when do people stop using them? When do people say, I'm done, I'm finished, Google is actively blacklisting people, preventing content from being seen, when do people say, I'm out? When someone comes up with a better platform. Unfortunately, that's the way the world works. Uh, it would have been, uh, I don't think anyone would have believed in 2006 that MySpace would go away. Everybody MySpace was, went away? Everyone, yeah, but everybody yeah, it's was on. It's gone now. They deleted wow. everything. Uh, everybody was on MySpace back then. MySpace is still a player, but uh, no, with it's bands. Gone. It, it's gone. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I don't think it's, it's right here. No, I'm pretty sure it's. No. MySpace is right here. Ba Pull up your stuff. All, they took away all your stuff. Well, bands still use MySpace. Uh, but and if you look at traffic numbers, it still gets it gets traffic. But I mean, when people talk about social media, does anybody bring up MySpace anymore? Of course not. Facebook came along, Twitter came along, something better came along, and people abandoned MySpace. So it's possible that it will happen with YouTube. But someone has to come up with a platform that people are willing to give up YouTube for. And so far, we haven't seen it. So, uh, first of all, I was searching Tony Katz on, on MySpace. And, yeah, there, there's, there's Tony Katz, but that, that's not me. Who's this guy? You mean there's more guy? than one it's Tony Katz? Yeah. I, I try to friend Jew? them on Facebook. When I'm on Facebook and I find another Tony Katz, I friend them. Now, this is Tony Katz from Largo, Florida. That's not me. I don't like the way this guy looks. I need my name. Usually, I just join uh, anything just to get my name and just keep my name. I feel sorry for the next generation because when we we were there when when all this stuff was built up, it was easy to get our name. We had our name. You know what was the, what was the worst? Tony Katz won, and I now was, everything's taken. I was a uh, way back in '04 ish. I was a, um, a beta tester for Gmail. Really? And I yeah, and I am beyond annoyed that I didn't just get. April, <laughs> you know, because back then you're not thinking about your name. You're mm -hmm. thinking about crazy crap, right? So you're 20. I was 20 something, and I'm not thinking about. And that's this why your Gmail name. account is hoplonfang at gmail.com. Yeah, that's what it is. All Those I can, three A's, by the way. <laughs> All I can thang. say is, fingers Malloy the fourth is screwed. <laughs> <laughs>
I I know you're not wrong. Right? You got to build a competitor. That's what you have to do. How is it possible it hasn't been built yet? Now I get building a competitor to Google would be difficult. And YouTube really the, the, the money is in my goodness, it's a lot of storage. It's it's an obscene amount of storage that's necessary. There's no way to compete. We talk about this with Facebook all the time. There's no way to compete. No, it's that people who have the money don't seem willing to do so. When I see billionaires amongst the political right want to tell me about how you know smart they are and they want to give speeches, nobody wants to hear from you. Write checks. You only have one job. We've talked about this before. You only have one job. Write checks. There's plenty of smart people out there, plenty of people to give speeches. You need to write checks so platforms can compete. But it shouldn't even be about the political right. It should be about just allowing people to talk. If you're saying we should go out and hurt so-and-so, don't allow that person on. I, everyone's going to agree with you. There it is. There it is. But if, if you're gay and you're talking about something and how it might affect you as a gay person, why should that be in any way demonetized? Well, what worries me is when is this going to start happening if it hasn't already happened with podcasting? It's going to happen. It's already happened. I mean, so so to, to what extent is uh, Stephen Crowder not podcasting? To what extent is Prager, De- Dennis Prager, Prager you not podcasting, right? Because there are videos involved? It's, it's, it's already there. The, the, the podcasting is not over by any stretch. I think there's still miraculous places to go. But yeah, it's coming. We're already going to see it. And how are we going to see it? Guys, we are on the, on the edge of this one. Eat, drink, smoke. We're telling people to have bourbon and smoke cigars. We're going to be number one, which is why I have never looked to a option of monetization from platform. We have advertisers. Maybe one day there'll be some level of subscription model. Although I don't know how many subscription models are handled out there where everyone's paying like a buck ninety-nine or $3 a month. There's only so many of those you're willing to do, right? A moment comes where it's just, you know what? It's too much. So I'd rather have the built-in ad model, even if that means we quote-unquote make less, because I think it allows the, the, the content to reach more people. But if we were to be people who monetize that old-school way with a pre-roll or post-roll, mid-roll, something like that, we're flagged. We don't have any. It's in the damn title. <laughs> I knew this from day one. I knew this going in. We're hosed. In that respect, thank goodness we have Fanimation. Fanimation.com. Talk about fantastic people. We're stealing fans for your home, for your office, for your business. Incredible stuff. Now, Fanimation is based right here in Indiana, but they're sold the nation over. Fanimation.com. To your specification, you want certain blades, you want certain looks, you want certain motor functionality, all of it available at Fanimation online. You can put your fan together, find out where Fanimation fans are sold near you, or just order it. It's so easy to do. Whisper quiet. Indoor or outdoor, you want uh, lighting, you can get LED lighting with it. Here at Blend Bar Cigar and at all the Blend Bar Cigar locations, all the ceiling fans are Fanimation fans, and they need to move a lot of air. You've got cigars, and you've got a lot of things going on, and it does it effortlessly. Absolutely beautiful. Get yourself a ceiling fan from Fanimation. And remember, it's part of your house. It's part of the look of your home. You're going to spend all that money to redo the floors and to make the walls right and all the right tchotchkes and all the right spots and some beautiful furniture and then you're going to have that nonsense brass ceiling fan? Don't be ridiculous. Don't be crazy, people. Fanimation. Fanimation.com for your ceiling fan needs. All the right tchotchkes? 
Tchotchkes. Oh, Tchotchkes. This is with a TS. Oh, I thought a bunch of Scott Bayos running around. That's Tchotchkes. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That would be hilarious, though. Little Scott Bayos everywhere. Oh, it would be like being overrun by puppies. <laughs> Let's get to a cigar. Hey, it's Fingers Malloy. Listen and subscribe to the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast over on iTunes. And please leave us a five-star review. For you non-iPhone people, you can check out Eat, Drink, Smoke on TuneIn, Stitcher, and Fireside. Now back to Eat, Drink, Smoke. So the cigar is was was picked to match the the bourbon. So so the bourbon that we were doing is is this Bardstown Bourbon Pfeiffer Pavit Reserve. So it's a, uh, a George Dickel bourbon. T. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> and uh, it's it's finished. It's a nine year old bourbon. It's finished nineteen months in these Pfeiffer Pavit P H I F E R. That's how you pronounce it. Pfeiffer Pavit uh, Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon barrels. So it was. It had some serious sting to to the to the taste buds to the tongue, and nothing no pain on the on the throat, um, and I thought it had a, a good sweetness to it. I mean, I've seen the the, the suggested retail price of one hundred twenty four dollars a barrel. I don't know if it's in my cabinet. Right, you didn't put I'm it on with a chip though. Did you? I did put it on a chip. Oh, you did. Yeah, it's definitely better on a cube. I got yeah. my cube, and it, it it was fine there. So to match that, went with the Diamond Crown Figurado number six. That's what we're smoking right now. So the Figurado refers to the shape. It's just a very peculiar kind of shape that starts it starts at like a little nubbin, right where you light it, and then it expands out to a sixty four ring gauge, and then it brings it back into a forty six ring gauge. So it, it starts it starts fat and then it works its way uh, down. Um, this is a mix, right? So this is a Dominican uh, where it comes from. In the wrapper is a Connecticut, uh, and then uh, a Connecticut shade going on a Dominican uh, inside, and then it's uh, it's sweet, which is weird because you think Dominican, you think spicy. That's not where you're at. This is a sweet, a touch of chocolatey uh, kind of uh, cigar to it. So we've, we're actually just starting, just getting into it. So far, I'm very happy. I'm very, very happy with with where this is. In terms of, of price, twenty to twenty five dollars a stick. So you really got it's. This is a hey, let me try this thing. Let me see what this is all about. I don't know if I'd recommend this yet for the humidor, but this is the Diamond Crown Figurado Number Six. Uh, it's a touch oily, but it's much more to the browns than it is to the to the black. Sometimes the the wrapper can get into that black, which I, I don't mind. I love the dark, rich browns. This is just a nice dark brown um, and a touch on the oily, not too much. You're also going to notice that when it, it burns up because of the shape, it's going to burn up a little uneven. It's all right. Make sure you keep spinning the cigar as you puff. Heat rises, and that's how you're going to be able to even the thing out. You might want to touch it up a bit here and there, depending. But wait until it's really gotten over the. Uh, I'm gonna your fingers is gonna laugh the bulbous part, Tee-hee. and then start taking a look at it and 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 seeing where it is and seeing if you need to retouch it up. I've never seen an uncircumcised cigar before, Tony. This is uh this is new for me. Well, it's only to prove how uh, non uh, non hateful I am of of all people. Being Jewish myself, I'm okay if the non Jews show up as opposed to Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, who hate me. See that? That's called like a segue. Is that good? I was not ready for the segue. I had a Ah, question. My goodness. You should really come to rehearsal. It would help quite a bit. (sighs) I had my hand in the air. Oh, you had a question? Yes. Oh, what was your question? Thanks, Moo. I wanted to know how you knew to pair this cigar and this bourbon when you've never had either one of them. 
Well, I knew that the cigar itself had a sweetness. Uh, okay. It's supposed to have a, a chocolate kind of feel to it. And then I just went a hunting. And every time we do things that are that Cabernet finished, which we're seeing a little bit more of, I don't know if that's just a trend point or there's a, a purpose here. I know that we end up with a, a little bit more sweetness uh, in into that. And so I want to see how they would they would flow together. Now I'm taking a sip. I think they flow pretty nicely. I think they do too. Personally, especially it being with the asked. Cube. Yes. Right there. Oh, that is. I that is actually a not bad combination. I love this cigar app that we talked about last week. What's it called again? It is called. No, 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 no. Until they sponsor the show. You're right. Oh, you're right. There's but a there's a cigar app. Yes. I, I took a picture of it and. Look at this, Tony. Not only did it identify the cigar, it told me the price point of the cigar. Not how much it costs per stick, but if I want to buy a box, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Now I can... And and the price they had on there, twenty one eighty five. So I said 20 to $25? Yep. Seems I know what I'm talking about. Thank you. Thank you very much. I want to talk about Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib. Because this is a story that should not go away. And as we're doing the podcast... Uh, so this is, this is Friday. Um, this story really, really broke. Here's how it works. Rashida Tlaib is an anti-Semite. And Ilhan Omar is an anti-Semite. They're both members of Congress from Michigan and Minnesota, respectively. I'm saying they're anti-Semites. Now, I don't know if this is going to get the podcast kicked off of iTunes. I don't know if I'm going to get yelled at or screamed at. It is not because I've said they're anti-Semites, but rather because of what they've done. You see the difference? I'm not calling them names. I'm watching what they do, and I'm saying, oh, you know what that means? Anti-Semite. So they are going to go to Israel. There's a congressional delegation going to Israel. It all happens often. They're not going with the congressional delegation. They're going uh, on, on their own. Right? They're doing their own little trip over there uh, to Israel. Well, there's a question as to whether or not they're going to be welcome in Israel because they support what's known as the BDS movement. Boycott, divestment, and sanction. So boycott, divestment, and sanction, BDS, is anti-Semitism. It's about targeting Jews. It's about targeting Israel. It's, um, it's about targeting Jewish kids on college campuses where you see this a lot. And really, they do it by targeting non-Jewish kids. It's to create a Pavlovian response. You hear Israel, you hear bad. You think Jews in Israel, you think bad. You think apartheid state. You think bigots and, 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 and all this kind of stuff. That's who they are. That is what they support. This is what they do. Rashida Tlaib, her first thing she did when she got to Congress, she wrote Palestine on a post-it note and put it over Israel on the map. She is the one who said when she thinks of the Holocaust, she gets a calming feeling because after all, the Jews had to go somewhere and that's how Israel was formed and all the Palestinians were killed and pushed out and their dignity taken away. That's what she said. A calming when it comes to the Holocaust. Ilhan Omar, well, I mean, her stuff is kind of, kind of legendary. She is the one who uh, pushed the idea that, you know, Israel's hypnotizing the world. And then, of course, pushes the idea of what's known as dual loyalty, that Jews have loyalty to, to the U.S. and Israel. Uh, and uh, and uh, the idea of Congress members are paid off to support Israel because it's all about the Benjamins. That's Ilhan Omar. What most people will be like is, oh, sure, you're picking on the two Muslim uh, members of Congress. Well, there are three Muslim members of Congress, including Andre Carson of Indianapolis. But Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, they're not getting picked on because they're Muslims. Don't ever buy into that. That's a bunch of garbage. They're getting noticed for being the anti-Semite bigots that they are, which they are. 
So they're going to go on this trip to Israel, but they support boycott, divestment, and sanction. Israel said no. Israel said, sorry, you're not welcome. Now, when it first happened, what I said was, let them in. Let them in, because we know they're going to say horrible things. You can refute the horrible things. You can show them what an incredible country. Let them in. There's a law in Israel. We don't allow people in who work to proactively harm the country. And when you think about it long enough, that's exactly what they're doing. They want to harm the country. What they really are doing is saying that Israel is illegitimate. And you realize this the moment you see the itinerary. The itinerary conversation is what will turn you from saying Israel should let him in to, oh, Israel's got a point because what they're trying to do is pure on propaganda. When you look at the itinerary, it says this is our trip to Palestine and Israel. Well, it's game bloody well over right there. It's game over at that moment. What Palestine? What are you talking about? What historical conversation do you think you're going to have? It's Israel. By the way, it's always been Israel. I don't care what they call it. And, and as the follow-up, it's Israel. If you're calling it another country, or really one that isn't a country, you're saying that Israel doesn't exist. That's what you're saying. So they're told no. Immediately, you get all the press apparatchik. Um, you, uh, Israel doesn't allow Muslim women to go to, to, to their country. Right? You had uh, Tim Kaine, who's a senator from Virginia who is also the presidential running mate, the vice presidential running mate to Hillary Clinton. Remember her? She was going to be president, and then everyone realized she sucked. Oh, yeah. uh, oh, she was just cold or calculated. No, she sucked. Oh, she was a criminal. Maybe that's why. And so he says, see, this is just this is Israel following Trump's uh, Muslim ban. There are two million Muslims in Israel. Their Muslim ban sucks, too. <laughs> Doesn't work. So everybody pushed this lie after lie after lie. Now, one of the things that isn't mentioned is that they're not going with the rest of the delegation. They're going on their own trip. Their trip was sponsored by a group called MIFTA, M-I-F-T-A-H. MIFTA supports terrorism in Israel. MIFTA supports anti-Semitism in BDS. And MIFTA is actually, according to sources, if, if, if this is proven wrong, okay. According to sources, MIFTA pushes the idea that Passover for Jews is celebrated with the blood of Christians. Have you ever heard that before? That's a new I feel like one. I need to leave the stable. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. So the, and this is a rumor as old as time, that, you know, Passover, you know, it's the story of Exodus, right? The Jews leaving Egypt, leaving Pharaoh, you know, leaving the house of bondage. And so they made matzah on the way out because they couldn't let the bread rise. That's why you get the little cracker. That's how it works. Okay. I'm sorry. I've read a book before in my I life, no April. idea. So what they have pushed as a lie for forever is that the matzah is made with the blood of Christian babies. <laughs> it's not even red. Really? You're trying to logic this thing? <laughs> How about the Jews have horns conversation? Which I didn't, I didn't first hear until I was a, like a late teenager. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> That's a real thing that gets pushed out there in the world. So the organization supporting them are people who support terrorism. Benjamin Netanyahu comes out with this whole thing of why they can't come into the country. Rashida Tlaib then turns around and says, listen, my grandmother lives in the West Bank. She's 90. I'm not going to be able to see her anymore. I'd like to come. I won't talk about boycott of Israel at all. The minister, the foreign minister, there, or the, one of the ministers says, okay, you can come. 
she asked on congressional letterhead, I'd like to come. The Israel said, you can come. And now she's like, oh, I can't come. You've been silencing me. This is the way you attack all Palestinians. This is, this is who you are. And proceeds to go on a screed about how she can't go see her grandmother now because her grandmother knows this would kill her. So grandma, going to see grandma, was nothing more than a pawn. She used grandma as a shield to be able to say, Israel is silencing people, and this is what they do to Palestinians all the time. The minister uh, then came out and said, you know, it's, it's amazing uh, that she, she hates us more than she loves her own grandmother, which is a takeoff <laughs> on the line from Golda Meir. We'll have peace with the Palestinians when they love their children more than they hate us. She was the prime minister, you know, proving that women were in leadership long before Hillary Clinton came along. Glass ceilings, my butt. That is the full wrap up. I mean, there's more to the story, but that is the full wrap up. And one of the questions is, okay, winners and losers in this whole thing. Of course, President Trump got into this saying that Israel would be weak if they allowed them to come to the country. You're laughing. It's Trump being full on Trumpity Trump, Trump, Trump. It's like wokeity woke, 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 but with like better things. Go ahead, April. So the, the problem was when all this broke, it only broke that Netanyahu said these American or uh, these reps could not come to Israel. The rest was not even journalized not until at all. a day late. I mean, the only reason I, I just was like, I, I, you know, I'm following along like, oh, he says they can't come. I'm like, oh, well, okay. They don't like him, so why should he let them in anyway? I don't know. I didn't really care. And there was this huge deal. And everyone is saying it was a huge deal on the left and the right. And everybody's talking about how they won't let him in. And then finally today, you know, I see Congressman Banks tweet that, oh, wait a minute. What happened actually is Congressman there's Banks more is, to the story here. It's and Congressman once the, Jim Banks. Yeah. Once you know the rest of the story which you already told, then you know why it happened. This, this would have been a huge deal if we knew the story before, the whole story, before they started reporting just one blip of the facts instead of... Goes back to the whole Google and what they silence thing. I wonder, let me know on Twitter, Tony Katz, how many people heard this podcast and heard that entirety of a story for the first time? Because I think you're right, April. People don't know how they don't it know all the whole story. went down. Well, uh, you mentioned that they're part of this BDS movement, the right. BDSM, if you will. Uh, no, BDSM <laughs> is fun. BDSM is fun and, and consensual and, and could make people happy. BDS is it's an fun. attack. Oh, Should well, we talk about this? If you do it right. Well, you want me to teach you anything? <laughs> Come here, fingers. I've got, I've got to show April how it works. But uh, to me, Tony, this is a situation where Israel is concerned uh, about foreign influence on their democracy. And I would think, Tony, just spitballing <laughs> here, that Democrats would sympathize with and empathize with the Israelis when it comes to foreign influence on a democracy, on their democracy, Tony. Mm. I, I'm just spitballing. Mm. But, well, so... I get your spitballing. They actually believe that Israel is the evil. They, they, and they don't believe that Israel has the right to exist. I mean, we should be perfectly clear about this. They don't believe it. They, have, they actually think that Israel should not 
exist, and they have said so in, in a multiplicity of ways. Of course Israel is right, because what Omar and Tlaib were actually trying to do, and they, they, they did, they, they made this happen. Whether they were going to be allowed or not allowed in, they had a plan, is propaganda. And the propaganda is Israel bad. Oh, they won't let us in. They don't want the truth told about them. Oh, no, no, we'll let you in to see your grandmother. Oh, I can't go. You've already tried to silence me. As if Israel has no right to protect and defend itself. As if Israel has no right to notice that you are working to destroy our very being. Where else would you find that acceptable? And as Netanyahu pointed out, you know, we have members of the Knesset, the Israeli government here, who aren't allowed into the United States because the United States said there's not what they're not welcome. Yeah, countries make decisions on who's welcome and who's not. So here you have Rashida Tlaib, who doesn't believe Israel exists and sh- believes it shouldn't exist. And when it came to seeing her grandmother, Israel, these horrible, terrible, rotten, despicable, disgusting, hateful, bigoted, awful, maddening, rude, disgusting people said, okay. And so now she can't go because she's got some kind of nonsense point to make. Are we going to pretend that this wouldn't have been a complete crap show? I mean, they would have been in Israel doing everything they could to try to make Israel look bad. I think they would have endangered lives. When you start thinking about what their plan was, places they wanted to go, like the Temple Mount, other things that they wanted to do, they would have endangered lives. And I and I don't put it past them. Oh, this is only thesis. I'm not a conspiracy guy. When you realize the extents to which they're willing to go, like use your grandmother as a political pawn, right? What were they willing to do when they were there? Why didn't they go with the rest of the, of, of the uh, delegation? Which, according to Representative Jim Banks, they would have been welcome to do. They could have gone with the rest of the delegation. You're sponsored by, by an anti-Semitic group that is proudly anti-Semitic, that supports terrorism in Israel, and you're surprised someone says no? The real question is, who supports these women in the future and why? The people of, of the, the Michigan district she's in, she's in the 13th. She's in the Michigan 13th. I don't 13th. know, Double but I me. need to know who these people are that voted her in. See, Holy I moly. think she's going to get reelected. Clearly, she, if, if you're going to use your grandmother like that, clearly you have no value for human life. So that's the people in the district who need to make changes to what they do. Now let's get to the entirety of the Democratic Party. Because Nancy Pelosi defending these women. Oh, Netanyahu is wrong. Other Democrats rushing to their side. Tell me how you do that. Tell me why. Oh, we're going to get into it. Tell me why any Jew votes for any Democrat. Now, I'm Jewish. Uh, There are more observant Jews than I. I have had multiple problems with, with organized religion for a great number of years I'm trying to find my way through it and find my peace and my place the one thing that I have become is more pro-Israel in that I know for a fact that my life is better because Israel exists as somebody who's Jewish it's better that it's there than it's not there and since I know how horrible and despicable Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar are clearly I'm right <laughs> clearly uh, my, my, my thesis is, is accurate I never lose sight of the fact that I'm an American, that it's America first for me. It always has been and always will be. If you're Jewish and your support, you dare tell me Trump is bigoted? You dare tell me Trump is the problem? Donald Trump, I've said this on air. Donald Trump is a better human being as of this moment 
then Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. That's how down to the bone this conversation has to be. How in the world can you look at these two women and say they have something to offer? Because what we're talking about here is not policy disagreements. You're talking about whether or not the country can exist. Well, and then you have to ask a question. Let's turn to politics for a second uh, in the American political landscape and ask this question. Do you think that privately Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and prominent Democrats are pulling their hair out over stuff like this? Because Trump, once again, did his uh, best to try to make the squad the face of the Democratic Party today. Just with those... You know, pulling this whole, um, you know, Israel into this in the beginning, and then and then turning this into a debate whether they should go or not, and then forcing the Democrats' hand to defend them. It 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 makes you wonder privately if if I, I would love to know if we could pump them with truth serum if if they're like, oh my gosh, will you just shut no. up? Yes, Nancy Pelosi is smart enough to know that she does not want uh, the the quote squad, uh, you know, AOC and Ilhan and Rashid, whatever, to be Rashida the Tlaib. face of the Democratic Party because they are the fringe, and the fringe is not going to win you the presidency. So oh, here, but I don't know if if the anti-Semitism is the fringe of the Democratic Party. We go back to the uh, the 2012 Democratic Convention, where uh, part of the platform was uh, the recognition of recognition of Jerusalem as the capital. Well, there's or, more and, and, than, the, yeah. and God, and they voted against that. Well, there's more to them than just being anti-Semites. So, I mean, there's a lot more to Rep Ocasio Cortez than just being an anti-Semite, which and, she is, by the way. And to be fair, they didn't just vote that down. If I remember correctly, didn't they boo? Yeah, they booed God. Yes. They, they, they that's most a bold, definitely did. That's a bold strategy. <laughs> um, by the way, we're now into this cigar, the Diamond Crown number six, Figurato. Uh, ladies, gents, what do you think? I love it. Very good. It You're has doing all it with a Stella. That's a nice combo. Stella Spritzer. Wow. Look at you. Um, it was great. With It did pair well with the, uh, the watered-down, cubed-down uh, bourbon that you uh, fancy. What was it the name of that again? The Bardstown? No, what, oh, the watered down cube down. Uh, what, yeah, what, yeah. What's the name of it? The Bardstown. Bardstown. Uh, who's it made by? Oh, uh, it's the Bardstown Pfeiffer Pavit Reserve Bourbon by Bardstown Bourbon. Oh, okay. You're Bardstown missing bourbon the, the okay. Uh, however, what? this I is, got it right. I know, but you didn't say the 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 dingle part that he's supposed to laugh at. Oh, oh, it's it's made with the uh, nine year old hundred ten proof George Dickel Bourbon. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Anyway, the crown is fantastic. It has all the intense, bold flavor that I love so much. But it's not coming across to me as a bold cigar. I know. I th- it's I got a, very mild. It's a tu- it's a, it's a touch of sweet. I mean, it's it's a when I say a touch, I, th- I think that maybe I'm. It's um, very it's, my fla- it's more flavorful than just mild. Is what I'm saying. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's would, not mild by any means. And you're it's into great the, flavor. Into the second third, you just yeah, started I'm there. there. I'm not. I'm just coming off. The, the, the bulbous part. How, how about that ash? Look at you. How about that ash? That's a good inch and a half right there. Tee-hee. <laughs> um, Nancy Pelosi, if she had any strength, and remember, she could take on Trump, no problem. She's a, an experienced, savvy politician. 
She's not a dumb woman. No. Not at all. She has no strength and a total unwillingness to take on Ocasio-Cortez, Tlaib, to take on uh, Omar and Presley. You, those four and a host of others. Well, she can't because they have already made it very clear that they give no Fs about her and what she wants. They will take her on back. Have you seen the data coming out about Cortez's donors? No. <gasps> she has raised $2 million for her reelection campaign. That's it? Hold on a second. Uh, let me get to the story. $2 million so far. Remember, she's still got a year to go for her reelection campaign. Um, I'm sorry, but someone with that much name ID should have raised more by now. Wait for the story. Are you ready? Okay. Guess how much. I'll, we'll do it as a guessing game. How much of it has come from, from her own district percentage-wise? <laughs> $2 million. How much has come from her own district percentage-wise? 5%. Less. Less. <laughs> go on. Her district's not, I mean, her district doesn't have money. Oh, my God. Is she a one percenter? She's a half percenter. 0.46% of the money raised has come from her district. Her people don't want her. Her own district doesn't care about her. Talk about being, she, why aren't we more bothered about the outside influences in yeah, the New York th- 14th where she's from? Special interest. Get it, did, did it show who her donors are or who big donors are? That I don't have. Oh, okay. I only have the numbers. Daily Caller News uh, Foundation. That worked out that well for Beto O'Rourke. Well, it did work out for Beto O'Rourke, and he lost all that money, and he lost, and he's going to lose this, too. He's already out of this race. Did, did you did you see him the other day, the video of him changing a tire on a truck? No, I did not watch him change. Is that on the cover of Vogue? Was <laughs> it that truck? That'd be great. He had the jack in the wrong spot. <laughs> Where'd he have it? Uh, yeah, and I, I can't believe now I'm brain farting on the uh, on the foot rail when you get up. He didn't have it. He had it on the rail. Yeah, he had it. He had it on the step. Yeah. Oh yeah, not on the frame. Not on the frame. On the step. Well, yeah, but he but he's just like one of us, Tony. He changes tires. Well, well, he's not like one of us because I don't change tires. <laughs> If I needed to change a tire, God would not have made AAA. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I don't change tires. I can. Nope. No interest. Well, he's not even qualified to work for AAA. No. The president of the United States. Putting it on the step. I did not see that. I don't know how I missed it. Sure. Didn't, didn't somebody with him say, that's not where you do it? Like the person taking the picture couldn't say. You think the person Dude, with him knew the, how the to change the tire? 23-year-old intern that was taking yes, the video? Yes, I think a scrappy 23-year-old intern knows better than... David Cicilline is the representative out of Rhode Island. He's a Democrat. And he's one of these people pushing the assault weapons ban. He's got a bill. Uh, and the bill is to uh, ban all semi-automatic weapons. Now, every gun owner out there just hit their head against the wall. We're not talking about, quote-unquote, assault weapons, whatever that's supposed to mean. They mean the AR-15. All semi-automatic weapons means handguns. Anything that isn't a revolver, people. And this is what they put forth. They don't even know what it is they're saying. They don't care about what they're saying. They're totally fine making it up and going along with it. They're just, they, they think they know what, what doing good is all about. And so they don't correct themselves and they don't educate themselves. And maybe that's exactly why people like 
like uh, Nancy Pelosi don't come out against these anti-Semites? Why isn't more of the party just disgusted and saying it's enough already? Why aren't they saying shut up? And I mean, it's, it's, it is a rudeness, right? Shut up. But it, what's more rude? Telling a country they're not actually legitimate? Telling a whole people, screw you? Because they believe in 2019, uh, it, it's not the time to have a civil war within the Democratic Party. And that's what would probably happen. Yeah, but the, 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 the squad is bringing it whether they like it or not. Yeah, I mean, the party is already fractured. Winter is you coming. Just, you lo- <laughs> yeah, the party's fractured. They, they can't afford... Uh, they can't afford a battle between the Pelosi end of the party and the the squad. But, but think about how party. extraordinary this is that we're having a conversation that there are there's a, a, an increasing number of Democrats who feel that Nancy Pelosi is not progressive enough, or at least the, what she's pushing policy wise is not progressive enough. You know, she's trying to bring them behind closed doors and say, calm down, kids. Is there any policy happening? Is she pushing policy? Is there anything happening policy-wise? Because I feel like nothing's happening other than whatever AOC is running her mouth about this week. Well, gun control policy is going to come is up. It? Right? Then they're going to talk about health care policy. And then, of course, uh, you have to have reproductive rights. Which, Are they? Is well, this going to happen? I don't think it's going to happen. By the way, abortion is not a reproductive right, just so we're clear. <laughs> but I mean, they're, they're, if you ask them, they've got policies, you know, green that are deal. meant for the, I know what the they everyday think Americans. Their policies are. I'm just saying, I don't think anything's getting happened to Congress. Is what I'm saying. Oh, I don't disagree. But don't, but but they they won't stand up to they won't stand up to the madness. And they won't stand up to the bigots. But what's scary that's is purposeful. We, we're having conversations now about eliminating the filibuster. Yeah, but that, that's been going on for a while. I, well, I I think they're serious. I, I mean, they I, if they ever but have they not po- going to eliminate it in the Senate if they ever get power. Cocaine Mitch ain't having that. So it, if they ever have power, that's what I'm talking. But that's if what's they scary. have power, everything stays the way it is. It's when they don't have power that the whole system is corrupt. They don't want to work within the system. They're not interested in the system. When it was possible for the Republicans to hold up nominations, Harry Reid, then the Senate Majority Leader, changed the rules to create what's known as the nuclear option. Then when the nuclear option got used on the Democrats, they said, how dare you? There's no interest in a system. There's no interest in, in, in everybody utilizing the same system. When they have power, there'll be no talk about the filibuster. It will be an important part of democracy. Uh, don't you know? If it's hold, if Republicans are holding up things like the the Green New Deal and common sense gun laws, no. I, 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 you're much more optimistic than I am. Um, I, I'm, I, they're interested in raw political power. All, all I'm saying is, and listen, maybe I have it wrong, right? They have control; they'll get rid of the filibuster, so they won't allow any Republican to get in their way. Maybe that's the way they're going to see it and and and, and going to push it, and that'll be the way it is. But I want to move off that. I want to just. I want to make sure we're clear about two things. First of all, these are anti-Semites. I've said it enough. The Democratic Party will not stand up to them. And that's got to be the part that noticed. They lied. They were purposeful in, in trying to pursue a propaganda campaign against another nation. Doesn't matter that it's Israel, against another nation. Uh, there is not a Democrat who has said this is simply wrong and we can't have it. And yes, April, the entirety of a media operation worked aggressively to make sure they didn't report a story. You know how important uh, all the other sources are? Do you know how, 
how more important all those news sources that Google is, is trying to blacklist and all those radio shows that people like to go after. Do you know how important they have now become in all of this? Do you know how important podcasts are to, to having conversations that you can't hear anywhere else because they're... Are you telling me that everybody at CNN and MSNBC thinks that Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib are right? Or do they hate Donald Trump so damn much that they can't see anything else? Right. Rashida Tlaib hates Israel so much, she sided with hating Israel over her grandmother. I, if I had some money to bankroll a poll, I would love to conduct a poll of Democrats and find out what their views are on Israel. Forget about Jerusalem being the capital. Which it is. Israel's right to exist. I want to know what the modern Democratic Party, their base, their views are on Israel. I want to know. Because are, is, are we finding that they're moving so far to the left, the base of the party, that the squad is speaking to the base now. Have we have we gone this far in 2019 that a majority of the base of a major political party holds these views on Israel? No, they can't. They can't let that happen though, because uh, Jews traditionally true Jews ugh, Jews traditionally vote Democrat, so they can't let there be a poll or anything showing how much the base the AOC's type actually don't support. I mean, we well, they know can't they stop don't. A poll. They, they just can't would stop never a poll. accept such data. Right. They can't let that become a thing, right? I'd love because that they need No, I agree. I agree, but the Democrats can't let that be a thing because they rely on the Jewish vote. And maybe not so much in a presidential year, but in the house races. That's where it's affected in, in the congressional races. The Jewish vote does affect who wins that well, race. Tony, let me ask you this. You're Jewish. I'm not asking you to be a spokesman for all I, Jewish I speak people. for all the Jews. I once said I was the king of the Jews, and someone said, hey, I think that job's taken. <laughs> how I'm like, oh, Jesus. They said exactly. How important That's a good line. How Forget important is the state of Israel to American Jews? See, this is the problem. Uh, less and less. And it, it's what happens over time when you... Never once had anybody hunting you down because of your religion. You would think with the uptick of anti-Semitism, they would say, oh, maybe Israel's important to us. But no, they have been taught because they have given up their Judaism for liberalism. They have been taught that Israel is the impediment. Israel is the problem. Israel with their ugly settlements. Israel with their occupation. Israel with their apartheid state. Again, what the BDS movement is trying to do. So it becomes less and less important. And then you have Jews who are much more interested in Judaism um, as it fits their schedule as opposed to Judaism. So you have these offshoots and other things that come up and created. And then kids who don't have any training or any knowledge and certainly no historical basis at all. And all they get are their friends saying, you know, Israel's really mean to those, to those poor Palestinians. Without any kind of, of, of understanding of what else is going on. The media adds to this by not sharing full stories for the course of, of multiple decades. And then add on to it certainly what we're talking about here with Tlaib and Omar. Right? So it, 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 it's in the same way that Cuba is not a subject for this generation of Cuban Americans because they have no idea what it's like to actually flee communism. None of them have been on a raft. So they have no concept 
and I, to an extent blame the parents for not teaching them that. They've been taught that Che Guevara shirts are cool, and they've got an entire leadership now of Democrats who embrace communism. So what are they supposed to think? What are they supposed to do? So it's appeasement, basically. No, well, it's it's, it's more than a, than, a, than if, a, if Israel would just play ball and be cool. No, but that's so that's not appeasement, right? Appeasement is um, uh, here is this power coming to take you over, and you're like, okay, I'll play nice. Appeasement is 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 a bit different. This is a purposeful uneducation, purposeful miseducation, purposeful lying. Everything that you see from Talib and Omar is purposeful to the idea of creating an, uh, the, the thesis that Israel is illegitimate. Its existence shouldn't be allowed. Dear Lord, how can anybody on the left who is yelling and screaming about the existence of gay people exist, transgender people exist, so on and so forth and so on and so forth, be okay with the idea that a nation that's right there, easy to see, doesn't exist. And when Israel doesn't exist anymore, can I ask, where the hell are you going to get your medical devices? Where's that going to come from? Do you have a soda stream? You're out of luck. What's the plan? What's the plan? They have, they, they don't ask those tough, hard questions. They don't get involved in, in those subjects. And that's part of the problem. That's part of the, the massive problem. It's so only going to get worse. It's only, it, Yes, and that's and that's the fear, and that is the absolute positive fear. Uh, I've got, I could I could do nine more hours, but I got to keep smoking the cigar. Yeah, that's, that's where good. we're at. Find April D. Gregory on uh, the Twitter box at April D. Gregory Fingers Malloy Radio on Facebook. Catch the Snark Factor podcast from him. Uh, catch the Smart Girl Politics podcast. From April D. Gregory. Find everything from me at TonyCats.com. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Fanimation is the best sponsor in the world. Fanimation.com. Love those guys. Love what they do. And Blend Bar Cigar. Indianapolis, Nashville, Houston, and Pittsburgh. Incredible. BlendBarCigar.com. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.